Hi everyone, this is the 20th episode of the Pedal Podcast and this week I've got Eric Loftus with me who is the Vice President at Cape and Island Tennis and Trek the U.S. Northeast's leading and multiple award-winning tennis court and athletics track constructor with a hugely impressive portfolio. But why we're here is that Eric recently established Northeast Pedal, which is following in a similar vein. But for Pedal, given how the sport is emerging in recent times, even in the States as well, um, he is an absolutely brilliant person to talk to. He has years and years of experience of how to build courts around the northeast of the states. And also he has been playing as much as he can, trying to build as many courts as he can. And what he said that the emphasis is now on northeast paddle because he believes that paddle will actually blossom in the States as much as, as what it is doing in the UK, is doing in France, is doing in Italy, and so forth and so on. So please have a listen. I think it was a brilliant episode as usual, not because of me as usual. And uh, yeah, let us know how you liked it and uh, just enjoy. Hi, everyone. This is another episode of the Pedal Podcast, and I've got a really special guest with me because now we're opening for the United States as well, because now the United States is actually opening for Pedal as well. So um, I've got Eric Loftus with me, who's the VP at Cape and Island Tennis and Track, um, which is sort of a sports club. I guess I can say that just in general, but Eric, <laughs> Eric will say something about it. Uh, welcome, Eric. Uh, thank you very much for accepting my invite. How are you doing? Oh, very well, Dennis. I appreciate being the time and appreciate you having me. It's great. Okay. Tell me what Cape and Island Tennis and Track is. Yeah, we are a sports construction company focusing mostly on court building and running track construction here in New England, you know, six states of New England, Northeastern United States. We've also just launched another division called Northeast Padel to take what we've done over the last 50 years in, uh, in tennis court construction and move into now, you know, obviously, what is the fastest growing sport in, in the world. And hopefully now it's going hit, to hit the United States pretty hard and running. Yeah. And um, usually my first question is now we already had a question, but uh, usually my first uh, sort of I wouldn't even say real question, but this is still the introduction phase. So uh, how did you actually get into pedal? How did you get accustomed with and and uh, how did pedal come up apart from being the fastest growing sport in the world? Yeah. So obviously, nobody, you know, a few years ago, no one really even knew anything about it here. Um, I am a racket sports player You know, I played tennis. I uh, play what we have a game called platform tennis here in the Northeast United States. It's a winter sport that plays not dissimilarly to paddle, actually. And uh, I've also played a little squash here and there, but it's also, it's my most challenging racket sport and I'm trying to get better. But the, where I first came across it more than just, you know, the odd YouTube video was we were at a trade show in Germany, an international sports trading show called the FSB in Cologne, Germany in 2021. And where all the hype was happening in pickleball in the United States in construction, and obviously this is COVID at this point, we, from having multiple conversations with folks over there, Padel was, or Paddle, depending on where you're from here, uh, was rocketing through Europe at about the same speed. So we decided, I was with a couple other people in the industry, we're members of what's called the American Sports Builders Association, and we're heavily involved in the leadership of that organization. I was with a couple other members and we said, all right, let's, let's take a look at this here and uh, let's see what we can do with it and bring it back to the United States. And that was a couple of years ago and we've been kind of in the weeds of due diligence for the last couple of years and 
really decided to launch, I guess we officially launched um, Northeast Padel right at the beginning of 2023. Okay. And how, so you said that you're building courts. So for me <laughs> to understand, are you importing from Europe or are you actually manufacturing it somewhere in the States or how does that actually work? Yeah, fair, uh, fair question. So for tennis courts, pickleball courts, everything else, we're building, you know, from ground up here. It's we're pouring concrete, we're surfacing the courts, we're paving asphalt as needed. For the Padel courts, we are we have imported five courts from Europe right now from Barcelona from a company called AFP, uh, which you may be familiar with. And the so we're bringing them in a kit. Essentially, they come in a container. And we are going into a, a facility and building out the infrastructure, creating the base, building the concrete base, uh, and building around that when then we erect the courts. I get you. And uh, what's the biggest, uh, so which state out of the six New England states is the biggest uh, user for paddles so far? Do you have any? So how how did the whole thing start? Like, uh, did they hear about it? The Do they reach out to you? And and which was the, how should I put it? Which which state was the, um, the uh, keenest to get some paddle going? So you may or may not believe it, but there is only one, public facility in New England at this point that just opened last week down in Connecticut. Uh, where we first started seeing it, so I was able to play at uh, Lake Nona, which is the National uh, Tennis Training Center in, in Orlando for USTA. There's four courts there. And then the last, the first place in the Northeast I was able to play is a place called Philadelphia, which is just outside of Philly. Um, and we were that was the first public facility that was available so we went down there and played and then obviously uh padel house is the kind of big mover in new york city and as a result people were playing at these facilities are trying now to build them in in other places so we're really at the infant stage of the sport in the northeastern united states there's only really pockets like miami houston uh, I'd even say Philadelphia at this point, LA, where there's an established Padel playing population, but we think that's about to explode. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is exploding all over Europe. I mean, it, it's already obviously it's is the second biggest sport uh, behind football in Spain, which is crazy to think about it. Where where we were talking about the nation of Rafa Nadal and Carlos Alcaraz um, right. and, and and a lot of others, so. But it's we we spoke about it off air that it's such a great sport and it and even the keenest tennis players are when they try it they're absolutely drawn in because it's such a fun thing to do and it's and it's so great to to actually play it how I see pedal and that's why it's it's um, a really challenging sport to play it just for fun is a really easy thing to do because it's quite easy to to maneuver a pedal bat or a pedal racket but to play it on a good level requires so much skill it's scary some people even say that it's harder than tennis i don't i'm not sure i agree i think if you have a really strong tennis base you can learn it fairly quickly to a pretty good level but over a pretty good level it is scary how how hard it can be with the back wall and it yeah i, I get it that squash players do use the back wall better but again, once the tennis players get a feel for it, how it bounces and they can start using the back wall, 
their uh, front of the court play will always be better than the squash players. I, I do think that. So you you mentioned a few states. And what do you think like as a timeline in in the future, in the near future? And I, and I will ask and, and I want to pick your brain on that one. But but to start off with, so which states up like how quickly you reckon will it explode like within a year within the next five years or how's the time frame what what are you projecting or forecasting i think we're having this conversation right now so we're at the end of september 2023 i think we're having this conversation a year from now it's a totally different conversation you know um we are looking at multiple facilities in the yeah. new england area for trying to launch even spring of 24. You know, there are a lot of people trying to figure out the economics of it, how to make a club work, how to where, you know, where we live, real estate is, I mean, it's pretty developed, right? So there's not all that much land around big metropolitan areas where you're going to have that draw of, let's say, racket sports players. But everybody is just chomping on the bit. You know, I think the first movers who are going to play this game, you know, are going to be racket sports players who are playing squash who are playing tennis at a high level who are playing you know i i, I don't want to discount the little niche sport of platform tennis which we also call paddle here in the northeast it's a similar game it's doubles you're playing off a chicken wire uh structure rather than glass but you're moving up and back the same way and so these guys it's going to be a natural progression for them to move over and into paddle you know it's um so i think in the Philly area, it was about a year after the uh, first public facility was built. Then all of the kind of the country clubs around the area started putting courts into their into their country clubs, adding it to their uh, existing rackets offerings. So I was just thinking that obviously in the UK, it can be pretty successful because they we, we sort of follow the same uh structure or building structure as what happened in Sweden in terms of like if there's a massive warehouse you can put a lot of paddle courts in and it's going to be successful because people will play it and and it's quite good I, I've been to I don't know how much you know about the UK paddle scene and how we're exploding here it's it's actually really happening so uh, I'm I'm based in Bristol which is in the southwest this is the biggest city in the southwest and that's that the hot spot of paddle right exactly there you go so yeah, and um, I've been to yesterday. I, I played this advanced. Uh, we've got this advanced weekly um, gathering of of like a league, a weekly league in in Rocket Paddle, which is the biggest facility in the whole of the UK at the moment. I think it will be overtaken soon by We Are Paddle Gloucester, but for now it's Rocket Paddle. And they have 12 indoor courts, and they're really good quality. You know, it's 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 a nice place to play paddle. So my question would be, um, and that's that's where I'm coming from, is most of these public courts will obvi obviously be outdoors, but and and because you have the four seasons in New England, mm -hmm. are you looking for like massive or like you know relatively big warehouses which are now struggling a bit more? Because that was one of the reasons why it could happen in Sweden as well as in the UK, because there were warehouses which weren't as successful. So they needed to get some sort of other income. So they just came up with this uh paddle scene and 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 paddle possibility. So 
Are you planning to build them indoors or outdoors? So it's, uh, these are very interesting questions and we're all doing our due diligence in all sorts of different situations with this. We don't have the same amount of, let's say, available warehouse space that you do potentially, you know, we have what, but we do have something unique. Whereas a lot of these old retail type American shopping malls are struggling. So you have the, but, and you see a lot of people trying to build pickleball facilities in there, which is a little bit easier because of the column spacing and the ceiling height that's available. So that's the one thing that's become a little bit difficult to find indoors is to find the, you know, let's say the 24, the 24 foot ceilings or eight meters or however they're, you know, whatever's recommended. And then obviously you got these courts that are 66 by 33 or 20 by 10 meters that have to live between the existing columns in these buildings. Warehouse space is perfect. It's just not as prevalent. So we're trying to find it. And, uh, you know, a couple of developers have some leads on different places that we're looking at. To answer your question though, um, the first projects are looking like they're going to be mostly outdoor and maybe even seasonal. So we're looking at potentially being able to build them up, take them down and store them, put them back up there in the spring where they utilize that space for something else in the wintertime. But by and large, you know, and for better or for worse, due to climate change, the climate in at least Southern New England is not as, not as brutal in the wintertime as it used to be. We're not getting those big snows every year. I mean, obviously that could change with all these weather patterns and everything else. But there, it seems to be a little bit more of a mild season, which means you can extend the season on the spring and fall. And looking at, you know, the different models, the economics still seem to work, even with a shortened, let's say, seven-month season versus 12. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's tough. If if you don't have an indoor facility, yeah, paddle is – that's why it's a funny sport as well. Because you cannot actually play it when it's wet. You cannot play it when it's cold. They're, they're trying in Hungary, um, and I don't know how they do that because it, it's really hard to use the back wall. Once it's a little bit moist, it's just it's just not really working. Um, um, you you men so you mentioned pickleball quite a quite a few times, and I know that it's it's it, it took over America um, or the United States for that matter. And, sure. And we we sort of had a had a bit of a. I wouldn't call it rent, but we we um, shared our views on pickleball. But I just wanted to basically see the positives with the eyes of an uh, of of an American on on why pickleball is this popular. A, B. One thing is that it's a lot easier to play than paddle. But what what is what is the the key points why pickleball took over America? So, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I'm a little bit of a racket sports purist myself. It's just for what it's worth. So, but the, the thing about pickleball is there's no barrier to entry. You know, so you can have, you can be playing with your kids or your mother and mother-in-law in 15 minutes and everybody can be having fun very quickly in the backyard. And, you know, it, it's it's done a lot of good. It's got a lot of people out there uh, who may not be playing a game or a sport and they're out there in droves anywhere you look in the United States, there's a not enough pickleball courts to be built. We build quite a few of them, you know, uh, you can't ignore the sport for sure. Um, one benefit, I think, <clears throat> and I could mention this offline to you that maybe even different than the rest of Europe, because of the popularity of pickleball, you're exposing already decent athletes who may never have played a racket sport to rackets for the first time ever. So 
it's so social, it's so omnipresent around here that almost everyone has touched a pickleball racket at this point or pickleball paddle. And if you're a really good athlete, you may get you may get bored eventually at pickleball and be looking for something else. And, you're, and it's kind of spurring the growth of, you know, tennis is up. The U.S. Open had its highest uh, attendance record ever. You know, the tennis participation's up. I'm hearing that squash is up as well. Platform tennis is up. And I'm sure that we start building these facilities and people are going to start looking over their shoulder and playing paddle. Like the one that's in uh, Norwalk that I have not been down to yet, but they're doing pickleball and paddle. You know, you, and you it's a great decision to have pickleball in place to bring people in the doors. Existing court, there's already a pent up demand. And then they're going to be noticing people playing paddle next door. You know, it's um, and then it's just going to take off. You know, it's such a fun game. I was down in New York City for the U.S. Open uh, last week, and I brought a friend of mine who owns a tennis club um, with me, and we played with a <clears throat> another another couple guys out there, and he couldn't stop talking about it. You know, he was trying to figure out where at his club he could put one of these courts in. It's just it's sticky. You know, it's on the way pickleball is very uh, easy to play and fun. And, it, you know, I really think the success of pickleball is it's offering a lot of people who may not have played competitive sports at all or in a long time, that juice of competition and athleticism and allowing them to kind of feel that, that excitement. And it's been, it's been hugely beneficial to a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but it's also been very good, I think for racket sports as a whole. And, no, and I think we're the United States going to catch that wave and it's going to go right into paddle or padel. Um, I'm really happy you say that because I, again, as a, as a tennis purist, as I am now, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm playing, I think more paddle than, than tennis. Actually, I'm really happy to hear that because I only just seen the, um, the silly approach of playing pickleball that it's, it's played with a solid woods bat and, and it's played with a plastic ball and, you know, how hard can it be? Like literally that, that was my thinking process. But now that you say that it actually helps easing people into different racket sports. And I think paddle has the same sort of effect, even if you yeah. haven't much sports or racket sports in your life, if you get on a paddle court for same sort of level, people will have fun no matter what happens. It is a lot harder to start off than pickleball, I believe. But once you get a feel for it, you, you will enjoy it. The difference, as I see it, that to become a really good pedal player, you have to put a lot of working hours into it. Yeah. Pickleball, I cannot really see. And, and you, you mentioned that as well, that it's the same what you think is that to a certain level, pickleball is fun, it's competitive, it's 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 a lot easier for moms and 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 uh and grandmas and 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 so forth and so on. But to play it over a certain level, it becomes boring and you want something else. And that's when you start tennis. That's when you, I, I was really happy to see that Chad Ochasinko was starting to play tennis when when he turned 40. And and he's really obviously he's he's one of the the beasts of the NFL ever. So he he was an unbelievable wide receiver, but also he's he's an unbelievably positive um, role model for a lot of people. That okay, you start a racket sport and just get on with it. And and I think tennis is so hard that tennis at the age of forty cannot be something which which is great to um, to start because it's like golf. 
you're not going to have a good swing. You're not going to enjoy it. You're going to have a lot of balls which will go all over the place and you're not going to enjoy it that much. With pickleball and with paddle, that's the positives, that you cannot be that bad at it that you wouldn't enjoy it. So that's that's just absolutely great. You play paddle? Uh, so when I can. So, you know, I play paddle and platform tennis. I play tennis and I play squash. And to your point, I didn't start playing. I never picked up a tennis racket until I was 35 years old. So I played rugby in college and baseball growing up and everything else. And so uh, learning. How- hey, let me stop you there. You played rugby in the States. Yeah. Most of the colleges and universities have club teams. And wow. That's something that- me. <laughs> yeah. We, we can talk about that at length for sure. But the, um, you know, so as someone who knew, like trying to start in tennis, I was like, all right, well, I had to really do this before I had kids. So I could de- I could dedicate some time and money to lessons and really had to dive in. But yeah, it was, man, it was probably eight, 10 lessons before I felt comfortable enough to go in and jump in a round robin type thing with anybody else. There's such a learning curve with tennis, you know, I think with, um, with paddle, it's probably very similar to platform tennis where you can get four new people who have not played and they'll play and knock the ball around. They just probably won't play the back wall for a while. You know, they'll, they'll play it. All of a sudden it goes by and they're letting the point die. You know, they're not going back to take it off the wall and, and keep the point going. But like I said, I, I think, and you're, I think you're making this point is that with pickleball, you're going to reach a kind of a point of where your skill level isn't going to change the game any differently. Whereas there's nuances in paddle and you can keep going and keep learning. And so like, I've probably played paddle. I've played in Florida, New York, a few times and Philadelphia, uh, half a dozen times. You know, I love it. And there's just, there's no opportunity to play here in the Northeastern United States for that point. So we're trying to essentially usher that in because right now, one of the challenges is with right now, if you want to order a Padel court, you are generally going to a, a direct seller in Europe, in Spain, most likely, you know, and then you're bringing these courts over. So you have to import them yourself. You have to get them out of port. You got to transport them to wherever you're going. You have to know how to build the base for these things, which not everybody knows how to do. And generally, there are people, the manufacturers are flying over labor to install them into the uh, in the United States. And to be completely frank, they don't have the proper papers to be doing it, uh, workman's comp or generally work visas. And if you're a club owner, you're at risk from the very beginning of putting of installing these courts incorrectly or you know, I don't know if how much you guys know, but how litigious American society is. Like there were lawyers everywhere waiting for somebody to get hurt and, you know, make a mistake and everything else. And it could really start your whole club off or your business off on the wrong foot if you're not doing it correctly. So what we're trying to do is normalize the business, take what we've done over the last 51 years in tennis and track construction and and lend it to Fidel. You know, so we have the infrastructure, we have the American workers, we have the know-how. We have already imported courts here. I have them in storage. We're putting them up and putting them down. We have after sales service. Heaven forbid you drop a panel. You can't run over to Spain to get another piece of glass. You know, so we're gonna be warehousing this stuff here and try to make it easier for legitimate businesses to facilitate this game in the United States and you know hopefully accelerate the the growth of it by being able to do it right the first time. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think it's obviously with, uh, again, a comparison between paddle and pickleball is that for pickleball, you just need half a tennis court, uh, for paddle, you need half a tennis court plus you need a lot of infrastructure behind it. And, and also you need, you need, uh, 
um, a different surface. Um, you you need the back walls. You need the you need the fence on the sides, and and you need obviously the poles which which keep them there. Um, you have um, you know full panoramic courts which are brilliant. Infra- like I think the 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 architectural side of a full panoramic court is is amazing, and the problem is that they are so hard to make well that I've seen a lot of uh, so now now we've got everything in Bristol and now we've got we we had a big opening in London with Patium you might have heard of it uh, downtown I saw that I was really interested on the the tenting structure the roofing structure out there as far as making those kind of indoor that's down on Canary Wharf right yeah it's unbelievable 10 meters that's that's how high they are we yeah. I I played with um, a semi pro and and the proper pro and shout out to Sam Jones and Fabio. I don't know his, his his surname, unfortunately, but they were putting lobs up like I've never seen that sort of high lobs, and and we were just having so much fun. We just played two sets, and it was it was great. It was it was really good fun, and um, and that's how you actually get to to a certain stage that you play on within facilities which are just made for a quality paddle. And that's why I really like Patium. Patium yeah. is is unique in that perspective that they have the same sort of structure as Paddle House in, in New York, which which is like, you know, a higher quality, um, ridiculously expensive downtown facility, which yeah. which which will have a lot of people play in it. The level is questionable because, you know, but when I say this in London and in New York, you'll have good players who earn loads of money anyway. So, yeah, I mean, we don't know any better yet either. So everybody's so, so funny about the sport here. Everybody's very excited to play without even having much experience of playing. So we're all going to get in there and be green for the, you know, and new and fumble it up for a while and try to figure it out, you know, but having those cool facilities like, uh, you know, Paddle House in, in Brooklyn. So their new facility in Dumbo, was down there too for the uh at the open. They have 30 foot ceilings in their new in their new facility, which is great. Plus they have the outdoor ones, you know, across the street in Domino Park. So uh which are only pop up for the summer. But that new new facility is gonna be great. And I'm sure you know New York has the benefit of a more international crowd than a lot of other places. You know, you probably have a lot of Latin American players, a lot of Spanish players, European players who have played Padel elsewhere. And you know, a lot of us let's just say, or trying to figure it out for the first time. And we're excited to learn, but I think the learning curve is going to be better <laughs> like down in New York before it is, let's say Boston, for example, you know, it might take us a little bit wider to figure out. We'll get there, but it won't be, we won't be competing for the championships right off the bat. It's it's really exciting as well. And I, I really do hope so that some of these um, retired tennis players, I can go on Sam Query and jo- Jack yeah. Salt, now Eisner and, and all those guys who started to play pickleball will convert to paddle it would be yeah. really to see that there's a uh there's a cool factor that paddle has that maybe pickleball doesn't if i you know it's a little bit intangible but you know i kind of look at it as like the formula one of racket sports you know you have you have that european feel you have international you have the, the bright colors you know you have the lights and you have it obviously it shows a lot better on television than pickleball does pickleball is kind of tough to watch you know but the and, you know, over here, we look at that. I mean, look at the way Drive to Survive, the Netflix Formula One series, uh, basically blew up Formula One in the United States, right? And you have that same 
don't know, that same vibe coming from Padel um, over here in the States as well. I mean, half the drivers for Stappen's playing and, you know, these guys are all, uh, a lot of these drivers are all Padel players too. And now obviously you got, you know, international football, soccer players playing as well. And there's, there's a little bit of uh, sexiness to that to us, you know, that kind of European cool feel that I think people will just adopt very quickly over here. Yeah, it's like a, a Spanish accent in, in English, right? It's, yeah. It's just cool. It's just something else. Uh, I get you. Um, and and yeah, it's it's still in the infancy stage, even in, in the UK. So, you know, we, there, there has to be some... So at the moment, it's, there's around... I think around 200 courts or something like that. And, and, and I might, uh, don't quote me on this one, but I think. UK? It, sorry. 200 courts in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. I think some, somewhere around there. Yep. And, and then they want like 5,000 and I, and I don't necessarily think the 5,000 will be enough if it blows up and if, if it will be an Olympic sport. And I think that will be the next step because it is really good to watch paddle on uh, on tv i mean i'm i'm following and that will be my next question as well to you yeah um so i'm following uh the professional tour and it's so much fun um it's really good to watch you know you can see the 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 youtube um clips of of when they run out when they when they get the recoveries and everything which is ridiculous like they those guys can really really hit a ball they can run out they're so quick it's it's just unreal cuz you know we play on a fairly high level nothing like not, not I don't even want to mention on the same page, like what I'm doing in the pros, but yeah. you know, for us to run outside is a totally, it's, it's like alien, but I started to play paddle one year ago. So, you know, it's not, it's not going to be um, an instantaneous thing. I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it already. Like I can, I can rally and I can, I can give some headache to, to even some pros for like two points. And after it, they're going to win another 26, but yeah. um so do you actually follow the professional tour? So funny you say that. So we're, for a while, nobody really, we're trying to figure out what that is. So obviously the WPT is what you're talking about, right? World Padel Tour? Or Premier. Uh, so basically now now they're they're becoming one. So Premier Paddle was the Qatar-based or Qatar-owned, or maybe it's not Qatar, Middle Eastern, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah. Oh, league it might have been saudi arabia i'm not 100 percent sure on, on who started the that that league but there's there's the premier pedal who who play in rome now they played last week in in the garros on the french open so the philip chatrier and we've got the wpt which is the world pedal tour uh I think if I'm not mistaken, they, they're going to be annexed in 2024 and it's going to be like one big, big. Um, um, so it, it's almost like the NBA or the NFL when they became one. Sure. Not sure about the NBA. That might have not been a good one, but the NFL is definitely. So the NFL. ABA. Yeah, there was. There was a, the ABA was the other other basketball league. Yeah, yeah, but so, they, but yeah, so, But we also now we have. Here we have the American or North American League, the PPL that just started, the Pro Padel League that just is in its infancy. And now, I don't know, New York New York Yankees just invested into the A1 Padel League. So um, we're trying to figure out, there's only a few of us really paying attention, <laughs> trying to, you know, what's what. But I'm going down to the event in New York City in October to see the A1 League and just see what, that'll be the first professional event that I'll have gone to. It's 
so do check the WPT out because that's that has the most tournaments and and it's and it's amazing and you know they they play so those guys are the best. Yeah. After it, not far away are the A1, uh, mm-hmm. which should be somehow. I don't know what's happening with the A1. So that's that's a bit of a sidetrack. That's almost like it's not even in the FIP. I don't really know how that works, to be fair. I, I, I do follow it, and, and I've seen a lot of good players. And and somehow, I think it's sort of America's-based, I think, but I'm not 100% sure because it was also in Switzerland. So I, I will have to to look that up. And also, um, yeah, the, the PPL is... Um, I'm a bit, how should I put it? I'm a bit, uh, I wouldn't say negative, but I don't really know why is it is broadcasted the way it is because it's a lot harder to watch it from like, you know, lower down, how they how they shoot it. And also the players are, hmm, I, I watched it. And you know what? If we want something as a, as a massive sort of American league on, on the same, same way as like the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, um, then come on, let's splash the cash. Let's get the best players out there, at least for some, at least for a winter league or something like that. Because at the moment, it feels a bit sort of a cheap skate version of paddle. They're trying. So it's funny because, again, like I said, we don't know the difference yet. Right. So but the there's a couple things I got to say about that. The that team format that they're doing and one of the, in the pickleball league, uh, I don't know which one it is, the major league pickleball, maybe MLP, uh, you know, world team tennis has tried that for years and years. And it, you never really quite got the attendance to see that kind of team. It's like the Davis cup, you know, like nobody, it never gets on TV, you know, and, and that sort of thing, or rarely does over here as well. So I, I guess it's, will be to be determined right now. Uh, the, the, the whole term that keeps coming up over and over and over again here in the States uh, with investors is proof of concept. You know, nobody is willing to go all in, like you said, splash the cash yet because we're not a hundred percent sure. Everybody's got a good feeling over it, but no one's a hundred percent sure. Like, Hey, listen, we're going all in on this. So I think that maybe the PPL and they did that, obviously they did that shortened season over a month or three weeks or whatever it was in uh, Florida this year uh, and probably have not invested in all the television infrastructure so to speak for lack of a better term uh to broadcast it like the wpt i think we're there everybody's seeing how it goes you know and these early pioneers will do well and or but no one's willing to go all in just yet and i think as you get more people playing like one will feed the other if you get more clubs built more people be interested in watching on tv more you get more players and then it'll be it'll define that proof of concept you know People are making money at it. You'll see the money come. It'll fall very quickly. Yeah, and and I think it's um, again back to the original topic that as soon as it blows up, it's gonna be the biggest market because because the states is obviously the biggest sports market. Like you can see on the major leagues, and and you know now even that like Massey arrived in soccer uh, or football, how we say it here. Growing that league. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's. Um, I mean, to be fair, I, I follow the NFL more than than the European football. I have to say, but but now that Messi is there, it's doing a world of good for um, for um, um, the MLS. Yeah, 
So so that is really good. And it's an eye opener. And I think it's it's the sort of way to to actually do exhibitions, at least in like New York, maybe do it in the US Open, maybe do it in Ash uh, or or do a premier paddle in in the States. I'm I'm pretty sure that they're if they do it in, let's say, Indian Wells, if they do it in 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 the US Open, there will be people who will go out, who will watch it and who already know what paddle is. And it's and it's such an exciting time. It's it's so great to have that sort of buzz around that. Yeah, paddle is almost at the door and and there and, and it's knocking really loudly already. And I think it's it's so close of of being one of the major sports in terms of like it, racket sports, at least. And and I think what like I can definitely see that once it kicks off, the Americans will focus on it and there will be a top 10 player soon in the making, maybe with with, you know, Latin American roots because they already know what, what they're doing. But and it's also quite funny because it's it's it originates from Mexico from 69. So so it's just like it, it's so funny that it hasn't actually gone up. It's gone down because the because the first real country who actually adapted paddle and who started to to make the pro league and there was so much money in it was Argentina. It could have had the same impact if it if it went north and and the states just absolutely picked it up and and LA became the the hub for paddle, but it had it, it wasn't to be. So now it's it's a really exciting time. Last question because. Um, we spoke about it that I don't want to take a lot of your time up and, and we can go on for, for days, I think, because it has been a really, really enjoyable chat. How do you see, like, let's say you, 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 you told me the, the one year sort of um, uh, forecast of, of pedal, but how do you see the five to 10 years um, plans of pedal in the States? And what do you think will happen with, with pedal in the next few years? So just to be fair, I'm a little bit limited on my area of expertise being the Northeastern United States, right? And the United States are so big that there are different micro markets and different areas and real estate is obviously different all over the place and demographics are different all over the place. So I can speak a little bit. I think, um, I mean, I think it'll, it'll take off and the places that have, um, land will build purpose club purpose built clubs i thought i just saw on linkedin that there's a club being built in mission texas which is down on the mexican border that should be very big there's a i don't know what level what um where they are with it but there's also a club in raleigh north carolina that is going to be tennis pickle and padel um up in my neck of the woods i think you're going to see a couple things i'm going to see you're going to see smaller clubs i bet like Padel House and Sports House, which is the one in Norwalk, and as other investors, like so the other projects that we're working on in the area, um, people are going to try in small concepts first. And as it takes off, they'll either expand on that. I think you'll see the tennis clubs add Padel to their courts, to their offerings as well. Um, and we're a little bit unique here that a lot of the main, the, let's just say the uh, dedicated tennis and racket sports players are playing at relatively exclusive private clubs for what it's worth, you know, kind of the golf club mentality, which is big in the Northeast. And you're already seeing down in Philadelphia and a little bit in um, let's Fairfield County is in Connecticut, which is basically a suburb of New York city. Uh, you're seeing 
pedal chords being added as offerings to there the same way that kind of pickleball is being added to it. So that's where your diehards are. And I think it'll be, you're going to get residential is going to spur off that as well. And that's really what happened with the tennis boom in the seventies here in the United States, which is the founder of our company kind of caught starting the company in 1972. Um, he was, well-positioned and hopefully in the same way we are with Padel right now, trying to build the infrastructure here so that we can kind of catch this boom. Um, so I think you're going to see, I mean, will it be the number one sport? No, we have too many sports to choose from the United States. You know, you don't have like one dominant sport like football or soccer in a lot of European countries or with tennis as, you know, having a big following. I mean, we have basketball and baseball and American football and, and everything else. And a lot of, you know, a lot of diversion. Our kids, like I have young kids, eight and five year old, they're playing hockey, lacrosse, soccer, sometimes all in the same day. You know, it's it's wild. So I think it'll be, if it really takes off, I think it'll kind of ride this racket spoon for a while. It'll be an established sport, but it may take a, depends how the next generation goes if the kids play. You know, so you got to kind of get that and build that up. You know, one thing I just, you're saying about pickleball, I was thinking about when you're talking about everybody playing and exposing, like I can take my five-year-old daughter out on a pickleball court, knowing she's got, she has some graceful strokes already and she can go out there and have fun where she can't hold a big lunky tennis racket yet, you know, and try to get over that net. So I can expose her to racket sports at an early age and who knows where it'll go from there. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, 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 it does. And, 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 and I, uh, and I like your point of view that, you know, it's not going to be the same like in Spain because in Spain it's, it's different. The governor apparently really loved it. That's why it became that popular because he was just like, yeah, let's put paddle courts everywhere in, in Spain. You reckon it, it will be different though once it's an Olympic sport? Yeah, so we're they targeting Brisbane in 32, right? So that's eight years out. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you should see. So it's very funny. It's like nobody cares about curling in the United States till the Winter Olympics happens. And everybody wants to start curling for a couple of years and it falls off again. You know, one interesting thing that um, I see, at least now, the biggest hurdle to at least outdoor development for, for paddle right now is permitting. So whereas... Right now, you have a country code for wind loads if you're in Spain or the UK. We have country, state, municipal, you know, all the way down where we have to have these things designed and stamped by local engineers. And right now, this is basically slowing. We thought we'd have many more courts in this year, but it's all being held up and permitting. So it's no one knows what the heck these things are, and they're trying to interpret uh, let's say Spanish calculations and I won't get into bored with all the details and minutia, but the wind loads are calculated different in Europe than they are here. So everything's got to be converted to American units. Now, once that gets a little bit more established and people know what a paddle or a paddle court is, it's going to be a lot easier. But the beginning now that people are like, Hey, there's, you're telling me there's 14 feet of glass wall here. That's just going to be sitting out in the middle of your yard. Like how are we going to keep this thing from blowing sideways? And it's a legitimate concern. But it's just, it's so new that no one knows what the heck they are. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eric, brilliant, brilliant chat. We, As I say, we can go on forever. And I really appreciated your time. Um, 
let's let's get together if we can if you're in europe let me know and and we'll just find a, a space and time if i'm in the states i'll let you know because I, I definitely want to go to uh to the northeast as well um and uh let's try to see if we can play pedal there we can definitely play pedal pedal here so i do highly recommend for you to come to europe and i will i will sort out a game for us um Take care. It was great to have you. And let's get back here in a year's time and let's talk about it where we are. That sounds great. Thanks very much for having me. Really appreciate it.